Hello, everybody. It's Ben Glebe. You're about to listen to Last Week on Earth. Do me a favor. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend. If you really enjoy the show, tell two friends. If you're only okay about the show, tell nobody or half. Tell some one friend. Tell somebody anyway. Why not? Miley Cyrus gets a new tattoo. Facebook gets in a gun battle. Young kids wanting to change sexes. Rick Santorum goes crazy, says Obama has phony theology, and compares him to Hitler. Russian scientists bring back species from the Ice Age. Did a Supreme Court justice rule on a classic fairy tale? And our new segment, Conspiracy Theory Corner. All this and more during the... Last week on Earth with Mendley. Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. That's kind of how the theme song goes, isn't it? It goes. I just figured out how my own theme song goes. It's kind of a. That's kind of the the melody of it. It's weird to just realize that now, three months in to the podcast, but maybe we should all start whistling it when we go to work because we need something to distract ourselves from. This insane uh, existence that is our daily lives, sometimes mundane, sometimes spectacular, but always trotting forward into the space-time continuum. This is last week on Earth. I can't be held responsible for anything I said in the first 30 seconds. I don't remember what I said already. How am I supposed to? Anyway, you get the point. I put a question on, not a question, I put a tweet out yesterday. Last night, very this morning, really four in the morning, said, um, "I keep eating this bag of delicious pumpkin seeds, and I keep putting it further and further away from me, so I don't keep eating it, and it's not working. And I keep eating it because it's delicious. I'm about to put it under my neighbor's door, because that would be the ultimate five in the morning. You're not going to get it back at that point." But a man on Twitter responded at Clifton J Second. Says, what kind of reaction do you think your neighbor will have to random pumpkin seeds under the door? Natural question. It's a logical question. Uh, I would hope, like anyone would, you would immediately start a pumpkin patch. I would hope you would immediately shift careers into being a pumpkin grower, one of the pumpkin growers of America. Um, this, of course, brings up the question, can pumpkin seeds be used to reproduce new pumpkins once they have been roasted and salted to perfection. And I'd like to think yes. 
I really would hope to think yes. This is a bag of crispy pumpkin seeds I got in Edmonton. I've never seen such such roasted to perfection seeds here in the States. Also, nobody else eats pumpkin seeds in February, but you know what? You should try it. Oh, you should try it. Brought to you this week by Crispy Pumpkin Seeds. Once you roast us and salt us to perfection, we can no longer be used to reproduce. It's a weird slogan for them to have. It was oddly omniscient to what I was going to talk about at the beginning of the show today. Uh, I just came back from Atlanta this week. I was there shooting a uh, sizzle reel pilot presentation for a comedy comedic sitcom. Sitcoms implies comedic. Called Retreads. And then I went to the Laughing Skull, my favorite comedy club in the country probably. Um, and uh, while I was there, I recorded a special bonus episode of the podcast with Andy Kindler. He was headlining. He let me do some guest spots. And uh, we went down to the, their new podcast studios, and I interviewed him about a lot of things, but but focused a lot on his kind of, you know, his comedic styles become hating on other comedians. He hates on Dane Cook hugely, um, even at times Louis C.K., Adam Sandler, others. Um, I asked him about why he chose that strategy, um, whether he believes in the brotherhood of comedians. A very interesting conversation. We actually recorded it in two parts. I'll be releasing that sometime soon. Maybe it's a main episode. Maybe it's a bonus episode. That I don't know yet. I have been promising you all for two or three weeks that I will be releasing this week a sample of my album. Um, we're going to get to the stories of the planet in a moment, to everything that happened during the last week on Earth. But I don't want to let you down. I want to be a man of my word. So I will... I'm happy to play for you right now a, a world premiere exclusive sneak peek like anybody gives a shit, but still it's fun and exciting to build it up with language for my album soon to be released on the iTunes and the elsewhere produced by Margaret Cho, America's Margaret Cho, great comedian, all American girl. Um, this is a clip about, you know, 45 second clip from the album. It's called Ben Glebe live from the vortex. Here it is. I want to share a secret with the ladies in the room, okay? Guys don't love when I do this, but I think it's about time you ladies knew the truth. It's not that we can't last long in bed. It's not true. It's just that most of the time, like a minute in, we decide, all right, this one's for me. (laughs) That's the way it goes down. We think we'll get you next time. (laughs) The only problem is next time is this time again. And it is a vicious circle of you getting screwed. Very fast. So there's your little little sneak peek of the album. A little little sample, a little taster, a little little pink berry cantaloupe taster cup of the album. Coming soon, live from the Vortex. Um, When it comes out, please get it. It's been, oh, by the way, on the Andy Kindler bonus episode coming out, somebody walks off the podcast. That's all I can tell you. Okay? How's that for a tease? Uh, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bglebe, the letter B, then glebe. Miley Cyrus got a new tattoo this week. Details later in the broadcast. Can't get to that yet. Father shoots laptop. I'm sure you heard about this story this week. Almost 27 million people have viewed the footage on YouTube, of Father of the Year, Tommy Jordan, firing his gun, eight shots, his forty-five, into his daughter's laptop. You see, he's 
He, he resides in Albernarly, North Carolina. Gnarly place to live. It's Albernarly. Aired, he, uh, he, uh, aired his feelings on YouTube this week. Uh, sitting in a chair in this big, big, big grassy field. Sitting there wearing a big wide brim cowboy hat. Smoking a cigarette. Launches into this aggressive speech. Quoting from his daughter's Facebook post in which he told, in which, uh, she told her parents, I'm not your damn slave. I'm tired of picking up after you. You know how hard it is to keep up with the chores and schoolwork? It's freaking crazy. He shot up her laptop. You don't want to mess around with this dude. During the video, you can see he had a speech impediment, which I had a soft spart. spart. Cause I can't even say that right. I have a soft spot in my heart for that because I had a speech impediment growing up. I ever came mine largely, not fully. When I say certain words like I just said, I have trouble. But you can tell the guy's got a lot of rage inside. He was like a pussycat throughout the video and then the gun you didn't see coming. He's like, you're going to write that about me on, on YouTube, on your Facebook? I mean, are you freaking serious? Really? Really? Did not see that coming from that guy. Of course he got a gun because he's a tiny, tiny little man. With a wiper mat. Plus, what do you think your daughter's Facebook post will be like now? It's not going to be nicer. It's going to be more aggressive. Guns don't kill people. Guns kill people's social media presence. It's not how you kill, by the way, someone getting online. You shoot the laptop. The internet doesn't live on the laptop, sir. The internet lives in the cloud, in the sky. In this beautiful thing we inhale called air. That's where it lives. The NTSB wants no calls in cars, even hands-free. While we're speaking technology, let's get this one out of the way. The National Transportation Safety Board, if they have its way, cell phone use of all kinds while driving, from texting all the way to including hands-free kits with a headset will be illegal in all 50 of our United States. Um, That's a ruling they issued on Tuesday. The chairwoman, Deborah A.P. Herzman, really two initials, called it a difficult recommendation, but the right recommendation. Okay, look, Deborah, I know you're being cute or whatever passing this, but be forewarned, we as a nation will go to war if this becomes law. Don't you, don't you get in the way of our making calls to Grandmammy or to my buddy Chong. See if we're going to help Korean barbecue later. Don't you dare do that. Okay? Because texting finds dangerous. This is a free nation. Holding a phone to our ear, fine. Arguably dangerous. Hands free, no. It's not different than talking to somebody sitting next to you in the car. Are you going to ban talking to somebody that's next to you in the car? You can have passengers, but you just can't talk to your passengers? Cops can pull you over. You know why I pulled you over? Why, officer? You were talking. To the person in my car? Yeah. I saw your lips moving. How are you going to drive accurately with moving lips? Lip-moving idiot. And I'll say to the cops, take me downtown. I have sinned against the government. Flipping, joking me. Naked bondage sex game mistaken for kidnapping. What does that even mean? I'll explain. It's my job here. A Portland, Oregon couple was arrested on Valentine's Day after cops mistook and bound a naked woman in the back of a car for a crime in progress. 
Los Angeles Times covered this hard-hitting story. Nicholas Harbar, 31 years old, said he was only role-playing when he tied up his naked girlfriend, 26-year-old Stephanie Pelsner, who I'd like to meet, and threw her in the back of his Subaru. If you're going to have a uh, bondage uh, kidnapping-themed game, Subaru is a good choice. Very believable as a kidnapper car. Very believable. Um, concerned neighbor saw this, called the police. Nine police cars came over, and their sex life got to a new level that day. When the whole police force is involved, you know your kink is up to a level heretofore unimagined. Backup player for the New York Knicks, Asian man Jeremy Lin. I mentioned he's Asian because, in my opinion, it's sort of integral to the story. Suddenly becomes great at basketball. You've all heard the story. It's Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity, sweeping the nation. Guy was almost dropped from his team. Was sent down to the D-Leagues. Has had a very rough go. Was not, he was a bench player for a very, very long time. Career was down and out for many years. Thought he'd probably have to leave the NBA. All of a sudden, gets a shot. Turns on like fire. I believe it was an eight-game winning streak. It's an amazing story. It's great for our country. It's great for... Uh, Asian people to be able to have an, a new basketball hero in the in the wake of Yao Ming. It's really nice for everybody. But it also leads us to our new segment on the show we've never done before. And we call it Conspiracy Theory Corner. I said that extra creepy, sorry. Look, I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist, except when I'm in this corner. I'm in this corner, everything goes. I have a combobuli who believes in all kinds of conspiracy theories and others. Become like uh, Jesse Ventura. I believe the government's involved in everything. This morning when I had cereal. You don't think the government was responsible for that? What do you mean? What do you mean you just had cereal this morning? Yeah, you don't think the government had microchips in each of my O's in my Cheerios? No. I mean, what do you mean? Everyone? You know how expensive microchips are? But still. So it's time for the conspiracy theory corner. That was a long intro to it. Um, but it makes you wonder, this Jeremy Lin sensation, how does somebody suddenly become good at basketball? Okay, suddenly, these skills appear out of nowhere, right? Almost out of the league, and then boom, catches fire. Why? How can this be explained? I have a theory. I've talked about this in my stand-up act for years. You ready for it? Asian people are aliens. That creepy music help? Asian people might be aliens. Think about this for a second, okay? Think about the parallels, okay? They're very intelligent beings, right? Their languages have thousands of characters. We have just 26 letters. And need a song to remember that shit. Okay? They have a little drawing of a house. means like a paragraph of information. They have little tonal differences. We can't even hear the differences. Like, thump bow is totally different than thump bow One means rice, one means fuck you. Asian people are very bad at operating our machinery. Haven't figured it out yet. That's why they're terrible drivers. When Asian people drink alcohol, they turn red. They change colors. 
Who changes colors ever? It's the alien system. Having trouble processing the barley and hops. Oh, in Japan and Korea, the technology is 12 years in the future. They're from the future. And last but not least, everywhere they go, taking pictures, documenting their experience here on Earth. Think about it. It will explain this Jeremy Lin phenomenon. Maybe he's an alien. And his basketball program just finished downloading. First was Yao Ming. He's bigger. Can download faster processing speeds. You'll know Asian people are aliens for sure. And I am vindicated. If suddenly we start seeing millions of excellent Asian basketball players springing up across the land. I mean, think about it. Asian people, you ever see Asian people play basketball? You go to pick up game or whatever. Often very systematic and mathematical in the way they even shoot. Right? You know? Seems like they're almost like deprogramming the sport itself. Math is the international language. I'm also open to the theory that, that, that they're robots, okay? Because robots you certainly use programming language. They could be robots. I'm any I'm into any theory that explains why at many things Asian people are better than us. Non Asian people. Efficiency, eating healthy, eating very small portions. They can live in tiny spaces. They work insane hours. And as I mentioned before, the intro to the Beijing Olympics, that was all live people. There was no computers involved in that, according to the Chinese government. That would have been impossible to pull off with non-Asian people. Google it. Look it up. Look up that ceremony on YouTube. You're going to try and do that with non-Asian people? Good luck, my friend. My point is Asian people have a lovely mixture of precision and grace, and it seems to me on occasion to be otherworldly. And if I'm wrong, and Asian people are not robots or aliens, I would like to apologize to Asian people everywhere. I meant it only as a compliment. And compliments are not insults. Aliens are intelligent life, more intelligent life. Okay? Write your letters to somebody else who knows how to read. The TSA compliments a cute passenger. Doesn't sound that bad, but it is when you really crack it down to its nuts and bolts, and we'll do it now. A Texas woman says she feels sexually harassed after TSA agents at Dallas International Airport subjected her to a full-body imaging scan three times, telling her in between that her figure was, quote, cute. Ellen Terrell, married mother from Dallas, Texas, this happened to you. You'd think your married mother of, of several children, you'd be happy about the compliment on your body. Oh, suppose, but from a government figure while they're scanning you and looking at you intrusively, maybe in that instance, I, I agree with you, Ellen Terrell, maybe not. She said she felt totally exposed to let the CBS News. They repeatedly asked her to go through the invasive full body scan when she was trying to get on this plane flight, right? These are the very controversial scanners that can through radiation, see an image of your whole nude body. Supposedly, it's not with enough detail to really get a, some good thunk on your junk, you know what I mean? To get some real thinking on your on your shrinking, you know what I'm saying? But still, they're seeing you naked. And so, um, they send images to out to agents who are out of sight, who are in another room, and they made her go back three times through walking. They're like, send her, send her through again, send her through again. 
And at one point, the TSA agent said to her, do you play tennis? She's like, why would you ask me that as part of an airport uh, screening process? And she goes, because you have such a cute figure. They sent her through again. At one point, the woman then said, guys, it's not blurry. I'm letting her go, which is what let her know that she was getting screwed with. And um, this happens to me all the time. I'm always being sent back and forth through the scanning machines and then to the enhanced pat-downs. Yet you want to rub me down. I get it. I get it. Bunch of security dudes want to rub me down again. We'll do what we have to do. One time, no joke, a few months back, I was flying for a gig, and I was enhanced additional screen pat-downed, patted down by a one-armed man. Not, nothing against one-armed men, but it was it made this, first of all, it made the experience twice as long. Because you understand why. You only have one arm. It's going to take him twice as long to get to every nook and cranny of your body. And two, I want people with disabilities to have all jobs. But like, maybe that one job, you got one arm and you're rubbing it all over. At least he wasn't rubbing the nub on other parts of my body, like using the nub to get in the hard to reach places. At least that was lucky, I'd say. And the whole time he kept asking me if I killed my wife, and I'm like, listen, one-armed man. It was weird. I don't even, I got the story of the fugitive wrong there, but that's the, you know, the rest of it's true. Um, moving on, because that story riles me up too much. Let's talk a little politics, a little Republican race. Um, What's amazing to me is our politics is always seems so defensive these days. It's, not even, it's never about the issues, right? Like it was announced this week that, that uh, General Motors uh, had their most successful, most profitable year ever. They're back as the world's number one car manufacturer. It's great news for America. There are signs finally that our economy is turning positive. Great news for Obama's election campaign. Bad news for the Republicans. But nobody can ever give credit for anything. Everything and they have to take credit for themselves. Romney even asked – because he's been against the auto bailouts if he admits he's at least wrong partially because General Motors did so well with the bailout. He says, no, in that one case, I wasn't in favor of it. I spoke publicly about that. I said that one case, it was good. Really? No, no, the one time it worked, that one you were for. Generally, you hate auto bailouts, but that one, you were a fan of that one. Can you just ever say, like, look, as a general policy, I don't think it's good. It worked in this instance. That's great for America. Let's move on. You can't bat a, a thousand. You can't be a hundred percent. It makes you look robotic. M- Millard Romney, Willard Mitt Romney, whatever your stupid white bread name is. And it makes you look, you know, no one wants to look robotic. I'd like to apologize again to Asian people because they probably don't want to be called robots. Point is, I mean, it's a compliment, but not for Mitt. When you're robotic, you're a creepy robot that's out to destroy people. With your charm. Nah, you know that charming man. You got gray hair, though. Good-looking guy. You got good looks. I'll grant that to you, Millard, Mitt, Willard, Romney. Um, It's just so ridiculous that we have to make so much drama out of our politics. Like, substance is not even 20% of the coverage. It doesn't make any sense. If you want to report the drama really bad... Also report the drama, like on the side, occasionally report the drama for 20 minutes a day out of your 24-hour coverage. Have a gossip reporter come on and talk about the juicy bits of the campaign trail. We've allowed all of our politics to become a reality show. We spend like 
maybe 2% of the time talking about our wars and our policies and all the important decisions being made and these bills that are affecting our privacy and all these major bits of legislation are going through. Even with the things that are happening now, we'll get to in a minute, some of the religious controversies and contraception controversies. We don't talk about the, the – we don't debate the issue. We debate people's comment about the issue. Do they say something incendiary? Is this a war on religion? Let's just debate the topic and not make it dramatic. It's so dramatic. For that reason alone, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that people aren't more into politics. We've allowed it to become the most interesting reality show in the world. It's the same drama, but with consequences. It affects the future of the planet, and it's really juicy. It's actually way juicier than reality shows. There's scandals and affairs and sometimes even dirty pictures, Anthony Weiner. I mean... Our president sometimes has to go on television and say, when I said I enjoy cigars, I meant I enjoy cigars. You know what I'm saying? Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. And by did not, I mean, it was so good. It, it, it kind of redefined sex, brought it to a new level, kind of an otherworldly alien-like level. We were doing alien-style Mars banging. I didn't think that counted as sexual relations, not, not at least as far as you humans define it. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. And Paula Dean responds, mm-hmm. Can you imagine having sex with Paula Dean? Not that he'd ever want that. But she's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine Bill Clinton having sex with Paula Dean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. You do, you do. Oh, that feels good to me too. Mm, does. Mm. I'm gonna give you a fat girl's piece. Mm-hmm. I promise to never do that again. At least this episode, probably. No guarantees, no promises. I take the promise back. My point is, you don't get any of that juiciness on the Kardashians. You get fake, oh, I'm mad at my mom this episode, but by the end I realize I love her. Oh, my sister's a bitch this week, but then, oh, okay, she's my sister, I love her. That's all that ever happens in those fucking episodes. Oh, I married this guy, turns out I don't actually love him, fuck him. That's like the most that ever happened. It was clearly publicity-orientated. I know the words oriented, mom. Using poetic license. Santorum's leading the polls now, big development in the Republican race. Santorum's now the main guy, the front runner, despite a series of insane statements this week. Uh, he already had the big scandal last week. We talked a little bit about where he's saying that Obama's declaring war on religion because he wants religious organizations that employ people to offer in their health care free birth control to their employees. It was a big uproar. He said Obama changed his mind. He's like, fine, you don't have to offer it. It'll be offered by the insurance companies for free. You won't have to offer it. They're still saying, oh, that's semantics. That's a distinction without a difference. Obama hates religion. And then this week, Santorum says that Obama trying to get uh, prenatal screening for pregnant women to be included in insurance plans for free, that that is anti-religion because prenatal screening sometimes find birth defects or Certain situations that lead to more abortions. But it's accepted science that prenatal screening is a good thing for women to do. It's accepted science, straight up. 
And Centaurum himself later said, yes, we should have prenatal screening for certain things, but it shouldn't be mandated by the government. Now, here's where there's a bit of a legitimate issue because, granted, the government, I agree, should not tell you what to do with your body, right? But they're not making people get prenatal screenings. So you're not being honest about the conversation. They're just saying that they're trying to create legislation so it's provided for free. They're not saying you have to do it. No one's putting tubes up your, up, you know, your special place that downstairs. It's a place I'd like to sing to. Lady parts. Lady parts. You're so close to my heart. I love you, lady. Special downstairs parts. No one's making you do stuff there. So why are we arguing not even the correct issue, right? They're just making it available and free. On this issue, conservatives need to relax because they're not mandating it, okay? Here is a clip, though, that obviously this has not stopped Santorum for attacking Obama on the issue of religious liberty. Here's that clip. I don't know if you've been listening to the president and the secretary of state and other members of the cabinet when they talk about freedom of religion. They don't say that anymore. They don't say, they don't talk about freedom of religion. They talk about freedom of worship. Freedom of worship. Well, you folks all know there's a big difference between freedom of worship and freedom of religion. Think about what I just said. We Think have leaders about in this it. country who are now narrowing the view of what religious liberty is in the First Amendment. Really? Really? You said nothing right there. They don't talk about religious freedom anymore. They talk about freedom. They don't talk about freedom of religion. They talk about freedom of worship. It's just the same. They're saying the same thing. He's not saying anything negative there, and you're trying to attack him for no reason. Okay? He said that they don't talk about religious liberty anymore. Think about what I'm saying. What, if we think we're supposed to make meaning that's not there? Should we invent meaning? or tell, Go to sleep after I speak to you and then dream up things that make sense and then think about that and then attribute it to me. That's the only way you're going to make any damn sense. And is it true that Obama's not talking about religious liberty anymore? Uh, let's see if I have a sound clip. Now, as we move to implement this rule, however... We've been mindful that there's another principle at stake here, and that's the principle of religious liberty, an inalienable right that is enshrined in our Constitution. As a citizen and as a Christian, I cherish this right. Oh, yeah. Snap. Oh, snap. That's exactly what he said he wasn't talking about. Of course he's talking about it. Now, there's a legitimate issue here, okay? There is a legitimate issue that can be debated whether or not the government should be allowed to mandate that religious organizations, and he already said it's not for churches, but like church-owned hospitals, things of this nature, should even have to accept offering their employees, who are not even of their religion necessarily, whether they should have to offer their employees health coverage that includes birth control. That's a legitimate debate to have because you could also argue that people that really want birth control covered in their health insurance in the open free market don't have to go work for that religious organization. That's a fair debate. But painting it in these black and white extreme terms, he hates religious liberty is absurd, and it's not honest. And that's got to stop. But did it stop? No. 
Here's another clip where Santorum tries to paint Obama as the other and as this horrible bogeyman and bad guy. Here he attacks Obama's, quote, phony theology. This is what the president's agenda. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about your quality of life. It's not about your jobs. It's about some phony ideal, some phony theology. Oh, not a theology based on the Bible, a different theology, but none, no, no, no less a theology. Say what? What are you talking about? His ideology and wanting women to have access to birth control, which is something that a survey said 96% of even Catholic women have used birth control. Who are you pandering to? You're literally trying to get votes from fetuses. You're not going to get, they're not, they can't get to a ballot box unless they find some kind of embryonic in vitro vote indication recognition system, which I don't think is in the works because the, the voter fraud would be so easy. It's not going to happen. So why do you, it's not about you. Yeah, Obama does not want to help you. All Obama wants is to erode religion when he's religious, when the man goes to church. When the man says constantly, I'm a Christian, that informs his policies. That's the way he sees the world. Why do you just try to divide? Because you want the office to rebel. Well, because I want to be president. Yeah. But even if by any means necessary were acceptable, which it's not, why can't our country see through that and realize you're being shady in presenting things in such stark ways and not vote for you for that reason. And then for that reason, you shouldn't use that tactic even for selfish purposes because it wouldn't make you win. If we all just help people to account more, we just have a more honest country. It just leaves me perfectly. I didn't even plan on another don't be a dick pledge plug, but the, the pledge is up. It's been up for one week. We're up to like 182 signatures. Not bad. The goal's 1 million. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, we're at 182. The URL is tinyurl.com slash don't be a dick pledge. Sign it. Tell your friends. Get politicians to sign it. They can call the don't be a jerk pledge because politicians never cuss. They just bang everybody and rob people and murder people at will. But they will not cuss publicly because that would be wrong and against Jesus' teachings. I mean, that clip I just played you about him attacking Obama's phony theology not based on the Bible because he wants women to have access to free birth control. Um, I saw a comment on Politico.com that said it better than I could. So I'm going to read just the comment. It's Mark Willis from Cornell University. Top commenter. Quote, same old right-wing Orwellian, quote, theology for the conservative pseudo-Christian. Everything Jesus preached helping the poor and sick, valuing peace over war, loving thy neighbor, judging not, was phony, according to that. There's not a shred of Jesus' teachings that today's conservative pseudo-Christian doesn't consider socialist. It's amazing these clowns can spout all this with a straight face. I mean, that is a strong, strong point. I couldn't have made it better myself. It's like, if you really are all about Christian theology, it's about taking care of those less fortunate, which has become the opposite of Republican philosophy. So I'm all for loving thy neighbor and Christian beliefs. They're wonderful beliefs, but don't be hypocritical. He wrote another comment, Mark Willis. I'm going to read another one. 
In the New Republican Translation of the Holy Bible, trademarked, Jesus hung out with the rich temple money changers, spit on the poor beggars on the street, and kicked the lame and the lepers when they got in their way, as he and his rich buddies were heading out to golf together. When he saw two men holding each other in love, he shouted, Hey, queers, you're lucky I don't have my baseball bat with me. Then to cap off his day, he attended a pro-war rally to help some oil companies he had stock in gain access to more drilling opportunities. All in a day's work for Republican Jesus. Trademark. Go, Rick. You sure are holy. It says so right there on your sleeve. I mean, that's a very, very strong point because I've said it before. Uh, something we all have to aspire to is to agree. We have to find consensus because we're all people. We all want the same things. Most of us hopefully are good and not evil. We all want to prosper, and we want those around us to prosper. We can't allow ourselves to be divided by this stupid bullshit. I would like us to be a nation that says, and not a nation that says, to quote how Paladin might see the world. He had to clarify this phony theology statement because it was perplexing to everybody, he went on to face the nation. Bob Schieffer asked him to clarify it. And here's the question and response. So, Senator, I got to ask you, what, what in the world were you talking about, sir? Well, I was talking about the, uh, the radical environmentalists. That's why I was talking about energy. This, uh, this idea that, uh, that man is, uh, is not, is here to serve the earth as opposed to husband its resources and be good stewards of the earth. I don't want to just spend the whole program on this, but was your use good. of the word theology, uh, perhaps you could have had a better word than that? I mean, don't you know that that could, or do you, wonder that that might lead some people to suggest that you were questioning the president's uh, faith? Well, no, because I've repeatedly said I don't question the president's faith. To husband its resources. First of all, clearly this man has a very strange view of marriage. What we should do is husband the resources of the earth. By husband, I mean consume it all and give nothing back. Like husbands do. You know, like husbands. Just take what you want and give nothing. Um... It's interesting and it's noteworthy to, to see where Centaurum's worldview comes on this because I didn't mean to say comes on this. I'm sorry. I didn't uh, ignore it. Okay. I wasn't trying to be gross. I wasn't trying to be sexual. Let's move on. Okay. But you want to see where he comes from. His penis. I'm sorry. I did it again. You want to see where he comes at. Where, where, what, what, how come he, you want to see where on the face, where he, where he's coming from on the face of his issues. That sounded worse. You want to see. Where Santorum, okay, if Santorum was a vagina and the Democrats were penises, okay, and they started banging each other, I'd take this all, this whole section, this whole, this whole part, I didn't mean it to be sexual, it happened that way, but you should know where Santorum comes from when he thinks that trying to protect the environment, because part of what Santorum was saying about phony theology is even protecting the environment. He wants to protect the environment, Santorum's arguing, that the Bible says we should be able to use the earth's resources, not to protect it. It's a completely opposite, it's a polar opposite view of seeing the world. So when he came into Congress, again sounded dirty, but when he came to Congress in 1995, with the Republicans taking control, when they took control of the House that year, he was, when he first got elected as a senator, he and the Republicans changed the name of the Energy and Environment Committee to the Energy and Natural Resources Committee. See the distinction there from environment to natural resources. 
resources, meaning to be used instead of to be protected. An environment is something you want to keep nice and chill because you're hanging there. You're hanging in this nice environment. Resources are to be eaten, swallowed, spit out. And that's the way they see the world. So as if this wasn't enough of really, really stark contrast, that's going to play out. If Santorum gets a nomination, it's going to be a very stark battle. And I'm starting to think that Santorum is going to get the nomination because Romney has a lot of weaknesses compared to Obama in that he created Obamacare, the model for it in Massachusetts, and he's just kind of a flip-flopper who won't be able to create a stark contrast. He's not a true conservative. He's not even a true Christian. He's, he's Mormon, and the Christian base feels uncomfortable with that. Santorum is painting these cataclysmic polar opposites between him and Obama, and I think he's going to get it, and it's going to create a real culture war. And I hate to use war unnecessarily, but it'll create a real culture shitstorm, let's just say, um, as the election comes down to our final two candidates, Obama versus whoever it is. If it is Santorum, it's going to be intense because look how it's heading. Um, his campaign spokesperson, Alice Stewart, took it to the next level when she said this. This statement. He was talking about radical environmentalists. He was talking about it. There is a type of, of theological secularism when it comes to the global warmest in this country. That's what he was referring to. He was referring to the president's policies in terms of the radical Islamic policies the president has, and specifically in terms of, of the ener- energy exploration. Case in point, the Keystone Pipe. Did you guys catch it? Did you guys catch it? Did you catch it? If not, let me play it for you again. Um, in a way worse sound quality clip from YouTube, somebody looped it. Somebody on YouTube looped her mistake there. Um, do you hear what she said? She said radical Islamic policies of the president with regards to the environment. Play the clip again. It is a type of, of theological secularism when it comes to the global warmness in this country. That's what he was referring to. He was referring to the president's policies in terms of the radical Islamic policies the president has, the radical Islamic policies the president has, the radical Islamic policies the president has, and specifically in terms of, of the ener- energy exploration. Yep. You know those Islamic guys always having radical energy policies. You know the Islamic Arab guys are always like, I'd like... Lower carbon emission standards. And they're always like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally for cap and trade. You know, the typical Arab standpoint of being very pro environment. She immediately called the program back up, talked to Andrea Mitchell and said, I didn't mean to say radical Islamic policies. I meant to say radical environmental policies. Well, obviously you didn't mean to say that because out of context, or in context rather, that made zero fucking sense. But doesn't it show you where her mind is at? Where the Santorum campaign's mind is at? Clearly behind the scenes they're talking about this guy we believe is, is Muslim and it's permeating their brains. And she slipped. Of course she didn't mean to say it. It's what's called a Freudian slip. And you, Ms. Stort, slipped on a Freudian banana peel. A large one. Like a, one of those Chiquita plantains. I don't even know those are bigger, but it sounded good to say it. Could it get any crazier this week? I know we're lingering for a while. We're about to move on from this, but could it, could it be getting any crazier? Sure. How about Santorum then going on and comparing the upcoming fight against Obama to America's fight against Hitler? The greatest generation for a year and a half sat on the sidelines while, while Europe was under darkness. Why? Well, because we're a hopeful people. 
we think, well, you know, it'll get better. Yeah, he's not. He's, I mean, he's a nice guy. I mean, it, it, it won't be near as bad as what we think. I mean, you know, this will be okay. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, maybe he's not the best guy. After a while, you found out some things about this guy over in Europe, and he's not so good of a guy. After all, it's going to be harder for this generation to figure this out. There's no cataclysmic event. Uh, are you effing joking me? You're comparing Obama to hit people thinking Hitler wasn't maybe that bad a guy till they started to learn more things about him? I think people are misremembering Hitler's agenda a little bit. Because I'm pretty sure Hitler's big plan was not health care for everybody. I think it was the exact opposite of that plan. I mean, what the fuck? This is literally things our politicians are saying. And the next day, he's confronted about having said that. But the reporter asked the wrong questions. All about softballs. The reporter, as he's walking through, shaking people's hands, says to him, Did you compare Obama to Hitler? Santorum goes, No, of course not. That's not the question. He did compare him to Hitler. That's on tape. I just played it for you. The question should have been, How dare you compare Obama to Hitler? Why did you compare him to Hitler? What kind of a strange, weird person are you to compare him to Hitler and make him answer a question with the fact that's established already as a fact? Why let him back out of the fact of what he said, the moronic statement that he said? He also said, not as bad, but that Obama is doing all he can to shut down manufacturing in this country. Are you out of your damn mind? Why can't we make points without being the most hyperbolic, truth-lacking morons? Whether you agree with his policies, he's obviously not trying all he can to shut down manufacturing. Even if he hated America, just because he wants to get reelected, he wouldn't be trying real hard to shut business down. It's just a disingenuous statement. Miley Cyrus got a new tattoo last week. More on this later. Almost footnote in the race, Newt Gingrich, in rounding out our political coverage this week. Um, his whole campaign, as it seems, become telling other candidates to drop out. He hinted on Sunday that if rival Republican candidate Mitt Romney loses the primary in his home state of Michigan, he should drop out of the race. I quote, If he loses his home state, I don't see what he says the next morning to his donors to stay in the race. Told that to Fox News Sunday. Oh, how about this to his donors? How about I'm still far, far in the lead? How about I still got way more delegates over the roly-poly desperate idiot that is Newton Gingrich? How's that? How's that for a donor message? Oh, this doesn't make any sense. The reason why he shouldn't drop out compared to you, Newt Gingrich, is because he's a much better candidate than you. You're an undisciplined, lying, cheating son of a bitch. Encouraging everybody else to drop out as a campaign strategy is hilarious, isn't it? His new slogan should be, I'm the best man for the job. Assuming these guys drop out and I'm the only option. Then I'm your guy. Then I'm your best guy. He also has been came out this week, he criticized Ronald Reagan a lot. Back in the 80s and 90s when now he acts as though he helped Reagan build the Reagan revolution and all this. In 1992 speech took aim at Reagan. He took aim at the basis of conservatism that government must be limited. He said that Ronald Reagan's weakness, this is in a speech at the National Academy, National Academy of Public 
administration in Atlanta, where I just was, he says, he didn't think that government mattered. The Reagan failure was to grossly undervalue the centrality of government as the organizing mechanism for reinforcing societal behavior. Well, that goes very against conservative principles and what Reagan believed in. And now he acts like he and Reagan were BFFs. He went further and he said that uh, this is a 1983 staff meeting. One of his aides says that Gingrich frequently derided Reagan and acted as though he knows more than the president and the president's people. And he called them stupid all the time and said, I think that's going to get him into big trouble someday. Well, here it comes. How do you argue both? Reagan's an idiot, but should still be our role model. And I'm an idiot too. That's why you should vote for me, because I and Ronald Reagan, both idiots. Is that your argument? I think even Reagan would be like, oh, well, I um, I don't believe that's the best um, campaign slogan there, Newton, Um, in my opinion. I mean, the big difference between all these guys and Obama is that Obama is the only one, in my opinion, who seems like he's a good person. Like, he wouldn't say anything to get elected. Like, the way these guys are conducting their campaigns show willingness to gain popularity at any cost. But this isn't, this isn't a Lindsay Lohan high school movie. This is the election of our leader. They can't be based on who manipulates us best and lies to stay on top of the sand pile. The only Republican still in the race who seems like a good guy to me is Ron Paul. A principled guy doesn't change his views based on polls and based on the scandal of the moment. Huntsman also seemed to me like a good dude, but he couldn't help himself from speaking Chinese all the time. That is not a major plus in the eyes of the electorate, especially the conservative electorate that does not always like foreigners that much. A lot of conservatives don't even like the banned foreigner, just based on the mental images it conjures up. Be in debates, Huntsman. He'd be like, "Oh, I should be our president because now Ling Tong, wow, Pam Sindorai will never get elected president." I think it's an exact quote from one of the debates. Um, we got to move on from this political shit. Miley Cyrus got a new tattoo on her arm. Said, "Love never dies, never," because you know Miley, because you're fucking seventeen and a great decision maker. Love never dies. I mean, it's hopeful. It's a week after Valentine's. They don't want to hate on it too much, but still. Kelly Clarkson visited Disney World last week. And our next story, sex-changing treatment on the rise for young kids. The Washington Post reports a small, it seems, but growing number of teens and even younger children, some as young as five or eight, who think they are born the wrong sex are getting support from parents and doctors who give them sex-changing treatments. Um... This is came out in a report this week in the medical journal Pediatrics. I personally didn't think this is not cool. I mean, look, I don't know what it's like to be born in the body of the opposite sex. I can only speculate it must feel strange, must not feel wonderful. And certainly nobody should be trapped in a body that they hate. One time I got stuck in an ex-girlfriend for six minutes, and that was difficult for me to even deal with. So I understand your pain. But... There's no way to know, I feel like, if it's truly the case or if this kid is just confused or going through a weird phase. Once once you start giving them hormone-changing treatment to lop off their private junk, it's too late at that point, you know? Like, for example, when I was in the fifth grade, one time I put on a bunch of my mom's clothes. Dress, heels, lipstick, pantyhose, 
all to perform with two of my male friends who were also dressed like women. Relax in a talent show, school talent show, where we lip sync to twist and shout. It was an enjoyable performance. My only point is, if I came home that day and my parents started trying to make me a girl, I'd have been pissed. You know, if they tried to switch my billies to, you know, to uncradle my ladle, if you will, to hormonify my young bonify, you know what I'm saying? I would not have been happy. I would have, because it says today I enjoy having a penis. So I'm saying it's chill out. Like this, this uh, one story, this girl in England starting at age three said, I'm a boy and refu- uh, said, sorry, I said, I'm a girl and refused to live as a boy from that point forward. She now looks and appears fully like a girl. Um, maybe she's right. This is actually, this is actually a, uh, officially diagnosed thing called gender identity disorder or GID. Um, and she's one of the youngest kids affected by it, but I don't know. I feel like maybe you need a little more time than age five to figure out really what gender you are. You haven't even hit puberty yet. Just wait till, until things start to happen downstairs, then see how you feel. That's how I feel about it. Chris Christie, governor of New Jersey, flew flags at half staff for Whitney Houston. There was a debate. Should pop stars, celebrities receive half staff honors? I think we should take the flags off when celebrities die. Take them off, replace them with new flags of the celebrity's face, and fly them at full staff. And each time a new major icon dies, you change the American flag Maybe just change the blue part to that celebrity's face. You can still keep the stripes. You can still keep the stripes. Fake meat's being made in the lab, everybody. Fake meat being made in a lab. In the Netherlands, by generating strips of meat from stem cell researchers. I definitely said that wrong. The strips of meat did not come from the stem cell researchers' bodies themselves. Okay. I had that thought in my head backwards. I didn't say it right. Let me say it again. By generating strips of meat, stem cell researchers in the Netherlands believe they can create a product identical to a real hamburger. This process where they culture the artificial meat in a lab at this moment is so labor-intensive that the finished product is expected to arrive in eight months' time, their first burger patty, eight months from now. That is a wait. Something you didn't get stuck in a drive-thru for a long time, sometimes in Mickey D's? Eight months, and will cost 250,000 euros. I mean, it's better be the tastiest fucking meat you ever had in your life for $250,000. The researchers expect, though, that, that after producing their first patty, they'll be able to scale up the production process to make affordable artificial meat within 10 years. Maybe they'll get it down to like $100, $150 a burger, and it'll only take six months. Within six months or your burger's free. I mean, I feel odd about it because I'd like us to be able to kill less animals, I guess. Their idea is that they're still going to have to kill animals to get the stem cells to grow this, but they're going to have to kill less animals. They plan to have maybe like a uh, little collection somewhere in the planet of animals that are used to harvest for stem cells, but each stem cell can make apparently like a million times more burgers than one cow can. So that cow's going to die still, but you're going to tell the cow, look, cow, you're going down regardless, but you will feed one million people. And the cow's going to be like, move out of the fucking way, bitch, because I'm not into this. Even if you're feeding more people, 
you're still you're still dying me up. So at least it's less of them. Miley Cyrus got a tattoo this week. I already covered it. I just can't get it out of my head. It was announced that Lindsay Lohan is going to host SNL. Little known fact, however, hosting SNL is actually a term used by club goers that means doing a bunch of coke and driving the wrong way on the highway. It's called hosting SNL. So that's not what people initially thought when they heard that story. Unfortunately. Miley Cyrus got a tattoo this week. It said Lindsay Lohan's going to host SNL. No, it didn't. Jessica Alba's husband, Cash Warren, was was spotted this week sporting a multicolored manicure while attending the Michael Kors Fall Collection show on Wednesday. Purple nails and a gold accent on his pinky nail. People are speculating, should guys start painting their nails different colors? Straight guys. Normally, I'm not a fan of this. Except in one case. If I was married to Jessica Alba, I would do whatever she wanted. Pink nail polish? Yes. Carry you into rooms? Absolutely. Always tell everybody you're way better than me? Happy to do it. Whatever it takes to keep Jessica Alba happy. I'm on board. Let's go to Twitter. Lightning round's coming up in a minute. Let's go to Twitter with our things that Birdie told me. Yeah. I love that song. Do I? It's okay. Jackson 5. Do you have a love-hate relationship with anyone or anything? Please explain. That's what I put out on Twitter this week. Hashtag last week on Earth. And some people gave me some very serious answers in response. I'm not going to read those here because I didn't feel like it was the vibe of today's show. But I, I, I was touched by your openness. And I, I thank you guys for sharing that. Um, I'm going to stick mostly today with some quirky or funny answers. Um, at SD Acre said, I have a love-hate relationship, Ben Glebe, with fleece PJs. So cozy. Until you wake up at 3 a.m. sweating profusely. Strong point. Fleece, very comfortable. And all of a sudden, your willy nether regions get heated up to a degree into a temperature. It's like you could cook biscuits down there. And no one wants that when you're sleeping because it creates biscuit-style dreams. You can even sometimes smell freshly baked biscuits. You believe you're in a bakery as they're making those biscuits 5 in the morning. You wake up, you're chewing on your pillow. So, nobody wins. At Katie Rotolo said, My ex, we tried long distance. We've had our issues with loneliness, money, and trust. But we've been there for each other when no one else was. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story. And it sounds like you're saying you want to get back with your ex. Sounds to me like... If you're listening out there, Katie Rotolo's ex-boyfriend. Maybe you guys give it another shot. Maybe you guys try to reconcile and maybe one of you's made a little bit more money now or maybe that trust can be rebuilt by the fact that she's still thinking about you and talking about you on the internets. Maybe you two can make it after all. I have faith. There's another shot for you guys out there. I'm speaking out of complete ignorance to the facts. But I'm guessing there's maybe a shot if I'm wrong, if he's married or something, or then 
You always have the memories. That's like that line from the end of Casablanca. We'll always have perish. We'll always have perish. It's a bad impression. Because the problems of two little people don't amount to a hell of beans in this crazy world. Now, now. He's looking at you, kid. That's a different part of the movie. It's the end part. And it's not even the same part where he says, we'll always have Paris. Well, as the Paris comes a few minutes later and he was talking to the dude. So anyway, that, that's my advice there. At Captain Jim Starr, I love your podcast. I hate the week of waiting in between episodes. Last week on Earth could be the new morning news for the world. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. If I had to do this every morning, I would never sleep. I prepare each of these things for a billion hours. I don't sleep much the night before I do them. Or several days leading up to them, if I do it every day, I would be owed sleep by the universe. So if you can figure out some kind of time travel contraption, maybe a DeLorean of some kind that speeds up and heats up and flux capacitors the shit back and forth constantly, I'm in. I'm down to do it every morning, but all I'm saying is thank you for listening. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, at High IQ Cutie said, I've been meaning to break it off with TMZ for a while, but then I see pics of Whitney's bathroom. And it's love all over again. See, I didn't even know this. They, they, they published pictures of Whitney Houston's bathroom. I'm assuming where she died. That seems to me um, unnecessary and gruesome. I can't say some small part of me doesn't want to see them. But why? It's a morbid thing. I say you move on. Move past TMZ, my dear friend. And lastly, for the Twitter comments, at Brittany on with like seven or eight T's. At Brittany on, Brittany Ann says... Food. I love to eat it, but I hate to buy slash cook it. This is a big cash 22 of life. Everything good has its opposite, Brittany on. With a bunch of teas. You know, you gotta, that's just part of what makes life great. I think, I think learn to appreciate the cooking process. It's Newton's law, right? Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. It's even true with garbage, right? We eat things, we consume things. Equal amount of trash comes out. Even with email, spam appears. Tina Fey, you get Kim Kardashian. There is an equal amount of opposite trash reaction to any situation. You have to learn to embrace both sides, I think, to be at peace. Somebody else tweeted me. I don't have it in front of me. that They feel the same way about, um, it wasn't food. What are they saying? Something else. Some other thing. And to, and to them, I, I respond saying, yep. Time for the thunder round. Yeah, that played a little longer than I wanted it to. And I'll tell you why. Because I was engrossed in the music. I mean, when she goes, how do you not just get lost in yourself? I get lost in your eyes. That's a little Debbie Gibson throwback. And off topic, even though it was on the topic of music and things that start with getting lost. Thunder round time. If you're not satisfied with our current field of presidential candidates, here are three other options who are running. These are real candidates. Number one, Robert Burke, otherwise known as the Naked Cowboy. It's the guy in Times Square. He's made a name for himself, always in his underwear only. Tidy whities playing guitar. I think he roller skates even. Running for president. He promises, if elected, to pursue a strong national defense and an economic policy that supports the free market. 
and have his penis out all the time. Just kind of showing it there. So that's a good platform. Da Vid, first name Da, last name Vid, a medical doctor also running for president. He's interested in holistic thinking and seeking to bring glory to the light party, which claims to have a whopping 1,500 members. That's not whopping. He now creates video artainment, and he claims that he can alter, through this artainment, alter brain waves in a way that allows people to converse with their higher self. Well, this sounds really promising. Here's what I recommend you, you should do, Mr. Vid, is uh, get way more followers to your party and to your candidacy, maybe through brainwave altering technology, and uh, see if you can get it, get this going, because I think you might have a shot. Um, in this current field of goofballs. And lastly, retired engineer Don Cordell, 84 years old, says it takes a man who's lived through the depression to lead the United States out of a major downturn. He says he's a distant relative of both Barack Obama and George W. Bush, which is insane to claim that because they're not related. And he promises to be very friendly to large corporations because, and I quote, a small business cannot make a car or a refrigerator, just the parts that go into them. I think you're taking the term small business very literally. They don't have to create small items just because they're a small business, sir. Rihanna and Chris Brown collaborating on each other's songs. This makes me sick. Just came out this last week. Two songs. They're both appearing on each other's new tracks. These are both Dumbos. They're Dumbo human beings. I mean, if they have a disagreement in the studio, who do you think is going to win that argument? I don't even mean to make light of it, only to point out how ridiculous it is. This man was horrible with her, and she's like, ah, eh, whatever. I like his face. Let's do it. Touching lyrics, too. Let me just play you a little sound clip of Rihanna and Chris Brown's, one of their two songs, their latest collaboration. You can hear both of them on this track. It's real, real exciting. <laughs> What a great tune, huh? What a great tune that was. Um, you didn't even get to hear there the exciting lyrics. Um, in that, on his song, she said the phrase, I love you, baby. That's her lyric. So clearly has not moved on. And he, on this song, the birthday cake remix said a equally uh, romantic retort. He said, girl, I want to fuck you right now. It's an exact lyric. Girl, I want to fuck you right now. Been a long time. I've been missing your body. So it speaks to their deep connection about, you know, his, his connection to her body. Not so much to the rest of her, I guess. Um, I think this is sad. Next story. A Swedish man survived two months in a snow covered car. Peter Skylberg, a 44 year old man from Sweden, survived two months trapped in his snow covered car due to a, there are a lot of theories, okay? One of the theories is that the snow formed a natural igloo around his car. 
Now, I don't understand igloo dynamics, but I would feel like you would freeze to death. Maybe it create, trap some heat in there. I don't know. But here's the crazy part. He had no food or water for two months. So how does it happen? People say he might have survived by eating snow, which turned into water, which I don't get that either. Because if you open up the window, I guess in, I guess an igloo, you could touch the snow. You could roll the window down and be an idiot and then grab snow in there and suck it. Now, so that's that's one, way, one, one thing. Another theory, people think he went into a hibernation, uh, hibernation type state. Which is weird because we're not bears. So I've never knew humans could hibernate, but apparently they say maybe his heart rate lowered so slow he needed much less resources. And now theories are starting to swirl that maybe part of how he also survived in addition to eating snow was he ate, and this is kind of gross, a salve or ointment that he had in the car. And I'd rather die than consume, look how cold I am, I'm hungry. Consume what, like a, like a, like a thing of chapstick? You're just gonna chew up on a chapstick stick like it's a push-up pop? Pretend, pretend the mild menthol flavor is like orange sherbet push-up pop? It sounds horrible. And, um, people are also speculating why the guy didn't just get out of his car. Which is a good question. And like try to find help. But they found him. Very skinny. But alive. He refused to talk to press because he probably realized he's a huge idiot and he's embarrassed. A large naked man stole socks from Walmart this week. It's our third to last story in the Thunder Round. We're about to wrap it up. So get ready. Get, put your trade tables back in their upright position. Turn off the podcast now and don't hear the next three stories. That's how much you got to shut everything down. No? Okay, fine. Keep listening, but just listen quieter. Large naked man in Pennsylvania is behind bars after police say he walked into a Walmart nude, totally nude, and stole a pair of socks. His name is Verdon Lamont Taylor, 32 years old. I wonder, first of all, you walk in naked. Why your first clothing item you grab is socks? Not boxers, dude. Police PJs, perhaps. Police say that on the surveillance footage, you can see him. And I actually saw some of the footage online. 300-pound man, 6'4", walking around the store totally nude. The cops come in and have to use a stun gun to subdue him. Obviously, they they stun gunned his penis. That's the that's where you aim when a guy's naked walking around a store. And um, he was arraigned on charges including aggravated assault and indecent exposure. But he was not charged with missing out on a bargain. He's being held on fifty thousand dollars bail. But they did say he can keep the socks. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. And I say it that way because she says it that way. Her landmark case this week, Goldilocks versus the Three Bears. Uh, play the clip. To hear my case. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. The justice has to hear my side of the story. No, mine. No, mine. Don't worry. I will listen to both sides of the case, Okay. Baby, you go first. Okay, thank you, Your Honor. Now, does the justice think it was right for Goldilocks to come into my house, uninvited, mind you, sit in my chair and break it? I'm not sure. Let me hear Goldilocks' story next. Um, I should probably have have clued you in. It's, uh, it's, she's hearing a case on Sesame Street. So I guess technically it's not like a Supreme Court case, but... Justice Sonia Sotomayor did make a, I didn't even say it, I can give her enough due, 
Sonia Sotomayor made an appearance at Cameo on Sesame Street this week and is hearing the case of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Baby Bear pissed because his chair is fucking broken. Bitch sneak in, sit on his chair because it's just right. She breaks the chair. I didn't remember breaking the chair as being part of the thing, but I guess that's part of the story. So Sonia Mayor is not sure if it, if she's responsible. She broke into his house. Ate his porridge, broke his chair. Seems cut and dry to me, but I get it. You want to hear both sides. I mean, seems like so far you're setting a bad example for children. But you want to hear both sides, you're just as fine. Let's hear Goldilocks' side. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break it. I didn't know it was his chair. I was tired. And it was the only chair that fit just right. This is ridiculous. Plus, our cafe is getting cold. This will only take a second, Maria. Ah, uh, okay. That is the most weak sauce argument I've ever... I'm sorry. That's not a legal argument. I'm sorry. And I was tired. She was shifting all over the place, man. She's like a stick shift, popping around in, in, into different degrees of separation from the truth. I mean, I'm sorry and I was tired does not excuse breaking and entering. And then at the end, you hear Maria chime in. She's pissed this is even taking place while her and Sonia Sotomayor are just trying to have coffee or cafe. But this brought up another interesting side note. This is the first time I've seen Maria from Sesame Street in about 25 years since I last watched Sesame Street. And I got to say, you are looking good, girl. Looking good. Anyway, uh, let's hear the Supreme Court justices, the highest court in our land, most serious court ever, uh, appearing on Sesame Street, making a mockery of justice. Let's hear her decision in this landmark case. Baby, Goldilocks didn't mean to break the chair. It was an accident, and accidents do happen. Well, I guess that is kind of true, um, but, I mean, my chair was still broken. Well, I think that maybe we can fix that. Yeah, how? Goldilocks, do you have glue? <gasps> I do. Then, to end this disagreement... I say you help Baby fix his chair, and then the two of you can live happily ever after. I can live with that. Thank you, Justice. Well, come on, Baby Bear. I'll fix this chair in no time at all. And they walk off into the distance. Um, Now, I get it. Sonia Sotomayor is going for an intent argument here. She's saying she didn't mean to break the chair. Still breaking and entering. How do you excuse that? I don't even follow that at all. It makes no sense to me. And then also... um. I think it's a weird character choice, the guy playing Baby Bear. Ah, I still have a broken chair. I mean, I get he's a baby. Babies have troubles with ours sometimes. But it seemed, I don't know, it just seemed like more adult presence. And I felt like it was mocking people with speech impediments. I didn't like that. And then uh, Sonia Sotomayor says, do you have glue? And Goldilocks is like, yeah, I do. And pulls out glue from her bag. I'm sorry, what a young child carries glue around. That's just an implausible turn in this whole case. I would have reopened the whole case at that point. And then they go off together. They're just going off in the distance to sniff glue together. That's the message we're sending to our children. Go ahead, break into people's houses, make friends with them, do drugs together. It's not a bad message. But I just didn't see it coming from Sesame Street. And our last story from this last week on Earth. Russian scientists have recovered from a squirrel's nest from the Ice Age. 30,000 years ago, placenta tissue from seeds that were preserved in the permafrost to bring a 30,000-year-old plant 
back from the dead. This pretty flower they just grew out of the placenta from these frozen seeds literally brought back an extinct species. This just happened this last week. Um, it looks like a regular flower, to be honest. It's hard to prove it. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see them. Maybe they had someone's like calling on her flowers. Try to get some fucking something that looks old up in here. So it looked kind of normal, but taking them at their word, they apparently have done this and they said that they now want to grow a baby woolly mammoth out of frozen animal tissue. How do you make that jump from flower to woolly mammoth? Whatever happened to baby steps? Whatever happened to small move sparks? I jump maybe next to like a ficus plant or a, 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 a mini palm tree. Then if that goes well and you're feeling adventurous and seasonal, perhaps a pumpkin patch. And that brings it full circle for this last week on earth. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Glebe. Check out my website, BenGlebe.com for all kinds of videos, fun stuff, information. Link to my blog. Check out my YouTube page. Just launched YouTube page, youtube.com slash bglebe. The letter B, G-L-E-I-B. And if you enjoy this casting of the pods, do me a favor. Tell your friends to subscribe and listen to this show as well. So our viewership grows and we can all go into the distance and sniff glue together like one happy planet. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.